0: All right. Good evening. We're just about to, we're just about there. The weekend upon you, upon us. But first, disability law show has to take place over the next half hour. This is good information you uh, for you to use anytime, and always an opportunity for you to reach out to uh, Sivan and his team anytime as well. When we're not doing uh, sitting here for this half hour, 1-855-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821-821 5,900 would be that toll-free number. Website is disabilityrights.ca. And you can also email, just put help at disabilityrights.ca, and you'll be in instant communication as well. Some of your emails are coming up shortly. Plus, three important ways you can help your friends and family if they've been hurt in a car accident. Wow, living in the GTA, you got to know this stuff. So that's coming up here momentarily. But we always get up with a, a matter you want to discuss a week that was sort of thing. So, Van, what do you got going on, pal?
1: Hey, John, good to be with you here and our listeners Look, uh, summer is upon us, we're having some Mm -hmm. really nice weather, uh, but that doesn't stop people from getting injured, unfortunately. And I'm talking about cyclists getting hit by vehicles, I'm talking about pedestrians getting hit by vehicles or going, you know, tripping over potholes, et cetera. Uh, But the other type of injuries that I often see in the summer, understandably so, are cottage type injuries. And I can tell you, John, over the years, I've represented quite a few individuals who have rented cottages, who have rented, uh, you know, places. uh, uh, up north, west, east, by the lake, uh, in the forest, whatever, and there's been issues with those cottages, with those um, premises, uh, and people get injured. You know, one thing comes to mind specifically a few years back. I, I had uh, actually two cases come to mind. I'll tell you about them. Number one is uh, an elderly gentleman uh, that uh, uh, fell from a porch. Uh, the porch was elevated. This. Do you yep. remember this? And, and yep. it was a terrible situation. And, and, in fact, my partner, James Fireman, was handling this along with one of our senior associates. And this gentleman who fell broke his neck. Uh, and this was a terrible, terrible case. Uh, and there was clearly problems with the porch, you know, with the guardrails on the porch. Uh, it, that was There was no question that it was a hazard. There's no question that the injury occurred. And this is a tragic case where this person eventually ended up passing away, but not before we were able to secure him and his family uh, a, a settlement uh, near the seven-figure mark. And, you know, the reality is, the reality is that people get injured because construction is faulty, because people don't necessarily comply with the building codes in Ontario. Listen, the building code is there for a reason, right? So if you don't have uh, uh, guardrails or, or hand guardrails when you're walking down the steps or if the steps are a little bit too high or too steep, you know, and these things cause injuries, You're entitled to compensation if you've been injured or somebody that you love has been injured. And the reality is that whoever owns the cottage or the the premises, they're going to have insurance. And it's the insurance company that's most likely going to be paying here. And that's what happened in that case. There's another case I remember. And I think, John, you and I talked about this again a few years back. A gentleman with his family, they rented uh, this house. And uh, the door to the basement uh, was not locked, and it ought to have been locked because the the stairs, first of all, there were no handguard rails. Number two, the stairs were so steep, it was like a ladder going down the stairs. Clearly, there were major building code violations. And at night... Um, the the person that contacted me that was injured the the father uh, what happened was that he he woke up at night and he wanted to go to the washroom and he confused the doors they were next to each other the door to the washroom and the door to the basement and he opened the door to the basement it was a bit dark and basically he fell all the way down and he suffered fractures and it, 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 terrible injuries and again one of those cases where we were able to resolve the claim fairly expeditiously fairly quickly. And the insurance company for that cottage for the owner that owned the cottage end up paying big bucks to my client and the family because of those injuries so you know mm-hmm. have fun be safe but understand that if you're injured because of someone's negligence whether it's a cottage whether it's on a seadoo whether it's a boating accident you are going to be potentially entitled to a lot of compensation if you suffer severe serious injuries as a result of someone's negligence and by the way john right. sometimes you don't know that the other party was negligent. You think that it was just your fault? You know, you tripped and fell on on an mm-hmm. uneven sidewalk, not realizing that there are actual uh, specifications out there, according to the various legislation and laws that we have, that mandates the sidewalks not to have a certain height differential between, right. uh, you know, sidewalk slabs, for example, or the companies, you know, that own properties must fix their potholes. And if you trip and fall, and the pothole was of a certain size, depth, width, height you may be entitled to compensation for your injuries. Again, really important to understand, the law allows you to get compensation for injuries that you have suffered as a result of someone else's negligence. But you will not know this necessarily, you will not know the extent of that compensation unless you speak with a lawyer that has that expertise or a team of lawyers. And that's what we do at our firm. We've been doing this for many, many years. Our combined experience of, of our legal team is decades and decades and decades. I mean, we've been doing this, and many of our lawyers, like myself, have worked for insurance companies in the past, so we know both sides. Uh, so, you know, don't, uh, don't wait. I mean, if you or someone you know has been injured, uh, hopefully will not be injured, but if they are injured, please reach out. It doesn't cost anything to get this advice. It doesn't cost anything to talk to us. And, you know, the most important thing is that you get the information you need so that you understand your options.
0: You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the uh, the situations up north and, you know, cottage cottage time being the summertime for rentals and everything. I mean, that business is absolutely booming. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's pretty smart you mentioned that. I think a lot of people who own cottages and rent them for the season, yeah, there is an absolute boatload of cash to be made. But Man, the liability! I remember seeing one the other week. we were, i was looking at one for August. Just a small little place for the family, and, and and rarely do you get watercraft that are powered. But this this particular person, I also included a fourteen-foot aluminum boat with a with a hmm. you know fifteen-horsepower motor. I thought, God, not in your life would I ever let somebody. God, the the operational—you know—I can't imagine if something ever went wrong, the liability in that case would be astronomical. So, to your point, you really got to have all your uh, you know eyes dotted and T's crossed, right?
1: you have to yeah absolutely yeah. right and i'll tell you this i mean for people out there who are actually renting these things out you got to be careful you have to let your insurance company know that you're doing this right. because you don't mm-hmm. want a situation where you in fact rent this out the insurance company's uh unaware of this they don't understand the risk uh you know it's like using your car for work purposes versus for personal use you got it if you start you know like if you start using it for work and you get into an accident the, company, the insurance company finds out they may say look we didn't insure you for the work uh, aspects of, of your driving. And so mm-hmm. therefore, we're not going to cover you. Same thing with renting a boat, renting a seadoo, renting a, a cottage, anything like that. If the insurance company that is that's insuring uh, your premises or w- w- whatever you are renting out doesn't know that you are uh, you know using it as a business, you're making money off of it, you could be in trouble. So please make sure you do let your insurance company know.
0: To your point, every time you go to register a new car in insurance, they ask you, are you using this for commercial taxi yeah. or Uber purposes?" That's exactly why they asked that question, right but uh, I remember when
1: listen, I remember when Uber started, I, I in fact was handling some of those claims where uh, insurance companies would basically take a no coverage position saying you never told us you're driving for Uber. We thought this was a personal use car. That's and right. then Uber came around and said, we're not covering you, even though they had promised back then to cover. So I remember dealing with uh, the, the, the head honchos at Uber uh, for Canada with some of those claims. And back then, they were very concerned about optics. So we were able to resolve these claims for the benefit of my clients. But you know, again, it goes to the point that if you are renting one of these things, make sure you get proper insurance and your insurance company understands what it is that you're doing with the property. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you yourself are renting it, obviously you know, be very mindful of the risks, make sure you know what you're doing, make sure you know what you're getting into, but also understand that you have certain rights under the law and that if you are injured... Because someone did not do what they were supposed to do and there was negligence, the law allows you to get compensation. It's just the way it is. It's, this is not you trying to steal from anyone. This is not mm-hmm. you playing the lottery. This is me telling you as a lawyer in this field, in this insurance field for many, many years, that the law allows you to get that compensation. you got to prove that sure. whoever it is that caused the negligence, in fact, caused it and that, that they were wrong. But once that's proven, once we can show that, like I did with those cases I mentioned, right, with the gentleman who broke his neck and the gentleman who fell down the, the steep stairs going down to the basement, yep. once we show that, we as lawyers show that, well, then the next question is how much money are you going to get for that? Yeah.
0: Again, reaching out, guys, anytime for these or discuss your own matter, you can do so toll free 1-855-821-5900. Help at Let's get cracking uh, cracking on this topic before we break. Three important ways you can help your friends and family if they've been hurt in a car accident. Number one, help them get the medical help they need if they can't advocate for themselves. Quite often that happens, Yeah. It does happen,
1: and I do actually interact with a lot of family members where uh, the person that's injured is either really, really injured, and so they need someone to look out for them, or... Uh, they're simply not of the mindset. They're, they're not all there necessarily. They don't understand how the system works. So, you know, you do need to understand I- if your spouse or if your brother or sister somebody that you are helping that has been injured, for example, goes to the family doctor or walking clinic, if you think they need a specialist to deal with that torn rotator cuff or that broken knee and the doctor, for whatever reason, is not taking care to refer them out, please, you know, help them out with that. I often see people who who just basically go to the doctor or go to the hospital, do everything that the doctors and the staff there say, and doctors and and nurses and those individuals, they're fantastic people, but they're also dealing with volume. So things sometimes fall through the cracks. So if you have someone in your family or a friend that is struggling medically, please help them advocate for them. Please help them. It's also going to help their legal case, obviously, because obviously the more we can show that the person got treatments, the better it is in showing that the person tried to mitigate their damages. So so there is the medical aspect of things and the legal aspect of things. But again, I, I shouldn't be saying this, John, but I have seen situations where you have family members who uh, know that their loved ones have been injured and know that they should be getting certain help, psychological mm-hmm. help or physiotherapy or whatever, But they're not doing anything about that and they're letting the loved one just suffer. So, you know, you need to make sure that you do take care of your loved ones.
0: We'll continue that list of three after a short break. In the meantime, email us help at disabilityrights.ca. Visit the website simply disabilityrights.ca and you can call toll-free. Savannah and his team anytime, right? one 855 821 5,900, we continue with the Disability Law Show. Standby, coming right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And welcome back. Thanks for hanging in. The Disability Law Show here on a uh, Friday evening. Good to have you along. Thank you for any input you've uh, you've thrown our way via email or otherwise. You can keep doing that anytime, even if it's not on a show. It may uh, appear on a future show on a Friday, or you know, Savannah and his team, of course, answer these emails, help at disabilityrights.ca. Any other questions you can ask through your tablet, desktop, or otherwise, my... DisabilityQuestions.com. We love that one because it's got a searchable database. That's the way the algorithm works. So your question, one similar, maybe in the archive, save you some time, right, if you can read the answer. If not, type it in, leave it there, and the guys uh, the guys will get to it. Toll free, too, anytime when we're not on air. one 855 821 we are talking, uh, Savannah, the three important ways you can help your f- family and friends hurt in a car accident. Uh, again, medical help. Get them if they can't advocate for themselves. Number two, help them understand that they are not alone and there are professionals who can help. That is always a knee-jerk reaction. They feel helpless. Yeah?
1: They do. They do feel helpless. And, you know, the professionals, when I'm talking about I'm talking about a whole uh, a scope of professionals, not just medical professionals, but sometimes you need somebody to help you with accounting. Obviously, there is the legal aspect of things. So, you know, let's talk about the legal because I'm not an accountant and I'm not any other type of professional. I do law. I've been doing this for many, many years. And one of the things that I often find people who are missing is, first of all, they're disillusioned with this idea that lawyers can help them, right? Everybody watches TV and shows and we watch America. And uh, uh, TV and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, people are concerned and afraid and don't even know who to go to for help. And one of the reasons, John, why you and I and many lawyers in our firm have been doing these kinds of shows, radio shows and TV shows, in the past for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, is because we want to educate the public. We believe in giving out information. We believe in making sure that people are informed about their rights. It's all about discovering your rights. And it's about discovering because we're not inventing anything. We're simply telling you what is already out there. We often find that when people come to us, they are either uninformed or they're misinformed. Both of them are horrible because both of them mean that you don't understand what your legal rights are. Now, I've been saying on this show for years, and I've been saying on other shows, and I'm sure people you know, are tired of seeing billboards out there saying, we can get you the money that you deserve. The thing is this, just like any professional, any profession, there are good lawyers and there are not so good lawyers. Uh, there are lawyers who are going to spend the time to speak with you. They're going to make sure that you understand all of your rights and there are those that simply don't care. They'll spend some time with you until you sign that dotted line, that contract, and then mm-hmm. guess what? They disappear. I've had a lot of complaints about lawyers uh, doing that and of course then they switch to us because they know we don't operate this way. But if, you are, if your loved one or if your friend was injured, and truly they are in need of help, or maybe they've already hired the lawyer or law firm and they're not getting the help that they need, they're not getting the information that they need, we are more than happy to speak with them. I'm not suggesting that people switch over to our firm if they're already represented. I'm not saying sure. that. It's their option, but I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that it is absolutely vital that if you know of someone that needs help, a loved one, a colleague, a friend, whoever it is, you need to make sure that they get the help they need. It's incumbent on you. You can't simply step aside and say, well, they already have a lawyer. I know they're complaining that the lawyer is not doing anything and they're not giving them any information and it's just not doing anything. I am telling you that we are here to give this information out freely uh, and we're very generous with our time. We don't charge anything and we just want to make sure that people are protected.
0: Let's get to number three, the important ways you can help your family and friends if they've been hurt in a car accident. Don't let them become victims of the insurance industry. Call, call us, call you on their behalf, Sivan.
1: Yeah, I mean, victims of the insurance industry, it's funny, right? The insurance industry is supposed to be there to protect us. Insurance, insurance policies, those are contracts. When we get car insurance, house insurance, travel insurance, any kind of insurance, we are essentially buying or we are told that we are buying peace of mind, right? the safety net that is going to be there if we fall. The reality is that most people out there, especially people who contact me, find that it's the opposite experience. And they find that once they need that insurance help, they are met with, number one, bureaucracy, number two, hostility, and mm-hmm. number three, apathy, complete apathy to their situation. Now, I'm not saying that this is not uh, a knock on adjusters. right? I have adjusters who are friends. It's really a knock on the way that our insurance scheme and insurance system is designed, which is to profit insurance companies. I'm not against profit. I'm just against the fact that as soon as you become an insured person and as soon as you have a claim, the insurance company is in a way opposite you in terms of interest. They don't want to pay you. They want to collect your premiums, but they don't want to pay you. Or if they have to pay you, they want to pay as little as possible. So the insurance industry, insurance companies, adjusters, they've come up with quite a lot of tactics Onto how, as to how to either minimize what they have to pay you or figure out how to not to pay you at all by throwing a variety of legal jargon at you or throwing at you excuses or telling you that you, you, know, you, you don't qualify because of this or that. We see this a lot in long-term disability claims as well, where people get denied for the stupidest of reasons. And when we step in, guess what? Within a few months of our involvement, suddenly we strike a settlement for hundreds of thousands of dollars that go into the pocket of our clients. So, you know, you need to be careful. And so, again, if you know of someone, you have a loved one, you have a friend, a colleague that's struggling with the insurance company, please tell them to give, you know, to give us a call or to email me directly. Uh, and I'll be more, more than happy to speak with that person. I'll be more than happy to take care of them, to give them as much time as they and to make sure that they have all the answers that they require.
0: Let's get to an email from Stan. This is a good one. Stan sounds like, a, sounds like he could be a stuntman. man. says he was running across the road at an intersection about two days ago when I was almost to the other side. A car turned right into my legs. I was lifted onto the hood, fell to the ground, landing about five feet from the car. I went to the hospital with the ambulance. The doctor said I had a hairline fracture of my leg, a torn ankle from the impact, and right and left shoulder bruising. My friend said, since I was running and my injuries were not super severe, I wouldn't have a claim against the driver of the car that hit me. Is that true?
1: No, it's not true. It's absolutely not true. But let's break this down, Stan, because this is important. Uh, I don't know uh, if you were running where you were supposed to be running. I don't know exactly the mechanics of what happened. I don't know what the police, if the police attended, uh, what actually was said, or if anybody was charged. You know, the first questions we look at when we deal with a car accident or a car versus pedestrian situation is we look at who's at fault. It's called liability. That's the legal uh, terminology, liability. Who's at fault? In Ontario, what you need to know is that when you have a car versus pedestrian accident, there is a reversed onus, meaning that it's not that you, stand have to show that the car driver was negligent in order to then seek damages from him, but that the law says that it's actually a reverse onus. The car driver must show that he was not negligent. In other words, he has to disprove the negligence. And there's various policy reasons for why that is. But The point is that, you know, unless you are found to be 100% at fault, Stan, in which case you do not get damages, you do not get compensation because you were at fault, If the other driver was either 100% or 90% or 50% or any percent at fault, you are potentially entitled to compensation. Now, the injuries you suffered, let's talk about that, they're fairly Mm -hmm. significant here. Okay, A fracture of your leg, a hairline fracture, uh, which, by the way, sometimes can develop into other types of impairments, particularly because we all need our legs. And, you know, if we're mobile, this can affect our mobility, affect our ability to do things down the road in the future. Uh, you have a torn ankle from the impact as well. Again, very, very severe type of an injury. Uh, so I'm looking at all the things that you mentioned here, let alone the psychological aspect of things, let alone the other kinds of injuries that you haven't even mentioned that I'm sure you suffered. You're going to be entitled to, number one, accident benefits, okay? Those are benefits that you get as a result of a collision with a car, whether or not you have insurance. So, if you don't have auto insurance, it's going to be the auto insurance of the driver that hits you stand that's going to have to pay you certain benefits. It's going to have to pay you up to, in your case, up to $65,000. You're going to have that for a maximum of five years for medical and rehabilitation benefits and attendant care. Uh, if you can't work, uh, you may be entitled to income replacement benefits. Usually that's up to $400 per week. There's a formula that is used to calculate how much you're entitled to and other kinds of benefits you may be entitled to. But in addition, you may be entitled here as well to a tort claim, the claim for pain and suffering against the driver that hits you, as well as for potential income losses in the future. For example, John as an example. Let's say that uh, Stan works in construction, and because yeah. of these injuries, he's going to be out of work for a while, and may may potentially never be able to go back to the kind of hours and duties he had before the accident. Well, if that's the case, he may have a significant income loss claim. If he's let's say thirty years old and he has let's say thirty five or forty years more to work, and if we were to just hypothetically take. $5,000 reduction of income going forward for the next you know, 30 years, do the math on that. Just do the math on that. You're talking about six figures just for income loss, right? Mm-hmm. And then add to that pain and suffering, which could in itself get close to, if not more than six figures, $100,000. I mean, you're looking at a lot of damages. So a claim like this, assuming that Stan is, Stan is not found to be at fault, or at least that the other driver is found to be uh, um, partially at fault... You're looking at a claim here that can be worth 100,000, 200, 500,000 wow. depending on the severity of the claim. So Stan, your friend was absolutely wrong, and just like I don't give people accounting advice because I'm not an accountant, or engineering advice because I'm not an engineer, be very weary of getting legal advice from people who are outside this field, even when it's other lawyers, even if you have a lawyer friend who does family law. And that family law lawyer friend tells you, well, guess what? You can or cannot get compensation for your car accident. Unless they deal in this area of law, injury law, insurance law, you have to go to the source, the right source. And again, that's what we're here for. Give us a call, Stan. After the show, we'll connect. I'll give you all the information you need, get more specifics, and tell you exactly what kind of compensation you're entitled to.
0: Stan, we hope that helped, pal. Appreciate the email. Stay focused. Stay focused. Listen to Savannah. Don't listen to the uh, the periphery because they really have no idea what they're talking about. I know they're trying to help, but they just they just don't know. They don't have the expertise. So, you've emailed, of course. So for everybody else listening, as we wrap up, your help at DisabilityRights.ca. Uh, you can go to DisabilityRights.ca, the website for more contact, and you can learn a lot of stuff there as well. And then finally, toll free, reach out by phone if that is your preference. Anytime, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and we. We'll catch you next week right here on the Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.